Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line, except today. Today, we are not talking about books. We are talking about X-Men, the animated series. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by my co-host. I am Josh. We are talking about some of the best pieces of cinema nope. ever. No, we're not. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. No, nope. we're here to talk. Yeah, you're right. No, we're here to talk about the X-Men animated series, and it's just pure love of insanity. Um, usually I, I mean, would agree. This is, I, just spoiler alert for the whole thing, all right? Yeah. This is 90s X-Men distilled down into like 20-minute bites, and we have to live with that. As as much as we want to be upset now looking back that the cartoon was wild and crazy, they were basing these plots on things that were happening at the time in the comics. These yes. were coming like these storylines and, and I'll rant more about it when we get there. But these storylines were literal contemporary like they were happening simultaneously. And we don't and it wasn't the heyday of like everyone is working together to make TV movies, comics, all this synergy shit. They were both working in silos and it fucking shows. Okay, it's definitely a tale of two parts when it comes to the four episodes we're going to cover. Um, I'm going to cover the first episode, which is about Wolverine and Alpha Flight. I think it's called Alpha Flight. Oh, it's called Alpha Flight, baby. Possibly the worst episode we've watched so far, in my opinion. How dare you, but yes. Yeah, I'll say it. And I'll, uh, we'll get there in a second. Um, but right now, there is some stuff happening in the in the comic book world. There's, I'm not going to spoil who it is, but... A major Marvel character died. And I just want everyone to remember. Allegedly. Allegedly, but also I want everyone to remember, death means nothing in comics. And nothing I want to at say all. what I told you already via text message, which is, oh, this person's finally going to be legit a mutant now. So that, Possibly. So that we can have the synergy I was just describing lacking in the 1990s. <laughs> Again, without spoiling who it is, all I'll say is if a certain character dies and has new media coming out within the next six months, don't worry. They're not going to stay dead. Yeah, they they, they are right. They are right. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. No. But anyway. I will tell you, though, I will, whatever outrage is happening on the internet, and I'm going to have to take your word for, for it that there is, um, but... I will be that outraged if my prediction of this person not becoming a mutant, if this person just comes back in some other way and isn't part of the mutant family now, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> anyway, so let's get right to it with X-Men, the animated series. Why the fuck? Alpha Flight. So in this episode, it's Wolverine who increasingly becomes my least favorite character on this show. I just want to say, as a young man, I made a lot of mistakes. Sure. I was wrong about a lot of things, but where I was never wrong <laughs> was Wolverine. I have disliked, especially this version of Wolverine from day zero. As a kid, you know, everyone loved Wolverine and everything except about him the, I was cool. Except for the person you're talking to right now. Exactly. Yes. But I feel like he's always the coolest person. Now as an adult watching him, I'm like, you're the worst he is the and, most toxic member of that fucking team. And that team has Remy fucking LeBoa. <laughs> we'll get to his issues later. 
But um <laughs> but this episode just highlights everything about Wolverine in the best and worst way. Depending how you feel about uh I guess masculinity, maybe is the right way to put it. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Let's go masculinity. Um, so this episode starts off Wolverine in the forest in Canada. If you forgot, he was um <laughs> he was tricked by Morph becoming Gene. And he's just tired of all the shit, basically. And he and he's just having this whole reckoning with himself. Um, and I hope, and and I'm not gonna spoil it, but I'm just saying it in case I forget to say it later. And I hope this reckoning he's having with himself after the end of this episode, he sees the habits that he's repeating in life, yeah. and that maybe he should stop coveting thy neighbor's wife. <laughs> Very true. He does do the same thing a lot. Uh, he has a pattern. Let's just say. Um, his type is uh, married. So, his type is taken. <laughs> so before we get into the, all the Wolverine stuff, I'm just going to quickly go over what happens with the Magneto Xavier storyline because much like this episode, not much. Um, <laughs> A whole, but not much, but everything. Yes. Um, so right off the bat, Magneto and um, Xavier walking around. Xavier was like, I want to know more about this place. This, this whole land, the savage land's crazy and so much good things here. And then they're attacked by, I, I guess her mutant name is probably Vertigo. I'm just assuming. And her power, as you can imagine, is making people dizzy. And But the way they handle it is so weird. And right off the bat, they get away in the weirdest way. So she's doing her powers and making them all dizzy and stuff. And they're trying to get away on this rickety bridge. So instead of just using her strength to get across the bridge, uh, Xavier cuts the bridge in half. They thankfully land on like a little indent on the mountain and extremely casually walk away. Like they look at her with this like a blank face and blank emotion and then turn away and walk cat not run away from this mutant just walk casually xavier does that and later on some other wild ass maneuvers and then like you said just walks away like no big deal babe i do this all the time you're fucking crippled half of the time yeah like you what the fuck you've been in a wheelchair for most of your life and all of a sudden you're like look at these cool moves i got watch me swing (laughs) watch me fucking swing and then just land on my feet (laughs) yeah cat like and again the casual walk away was insane like couldn't stop laughing at just these two guys like oh that was crazy fucking old friends you know it just reminds them of the battles they've gotten into before i don't know but like shouldn't magneto's helmet protect him from that I don't know. No, it's not telepathy. It's different. It's an inner ear thing. It is an inner ear thing. The helmets never seem to help. Um, all right. So after that, we have what's happening with Wolverine. Now, let's say you're a kid in the 90s and you meet a team, a new team of mutants, and you want to get introduced to them individually. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> one by one, these team members attack Wolverine. And I it was this episode kind of like a backdoor pilot. Was that the intention, you think? I don't know, man. I maybe I don't know. Because they never, focus it on never these came characters. to fruition. No, but they focus on these characters like they're main characters that we've been with forever. Oh my, they just ju- the episode starts with Wolverine going, Heather! 
And yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is Heather? <laughs> they just like, jump. They're just like, all right, I know you all. Oldest amongst you probably is 14 years old watching this right now. All of you buckle the fuck up. We're going for a ride. We are going for a fucking ride. We're jumping right. You're 12 years old. You're seven years old. You're watching this shit. And you just start Heather. What the, what the fuck is Heather? There's no Heather in this show. So, and I don't remember all the names. So if you can catch up with me, maybe we have Puck. We have North Star. Not we don't have North Star actually, right? No North Star. Yeah, North Star and um, Aurora are there. Are are, are they there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have both of them. Yeah, have, and um, with incre- with incredibly wild ass French accents. Yep, they're there. <laughs> yeah, they're like, should we have Canadian French? They said, shut up, just French. They said, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, we had Sasquatch. We had Sasquatch. Yeah. We had Shaman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which yeah. I have also opinions about, and yeah. I forgot her name—the one who can transform into an owl. Snow, snowbird, snowbird, snowbird. Shit, yeah, snowbird. Sorry, I know there's a lot of Alpha fan- Flight fans out there. So I I'm have. We've established on this show that I have it, a truly heroic amount of Alpha Flight comics for somebody who's never read one of them, or if he has, <laughs> remembers nothing of them. Yeah. So like I don't know I do not know why I own all these except for like, there was there was a, like a, a relaunch of it in the early two thousands that I vaguely remember kind of they've kind always of... tried to make Alpha Flight a thing and there's actually especially Marvel and DC there's always like this weird push randomly like we need a Canadian team dude Marvel Canada is one of the craziest places in the world. <laughs> Like Marvel Canada has some of the most advanced scientific research going on, but it is also fucking corrupt and unethical. Like everything bad, especially that's ever happened to Wolverine, has m- mainly happened to him in Canada. And last time I read anything that took place in Canada, it was during Hickman's Avengers run. So just so you know, there's like this weird biodome in canada that has like an alien species an advanced alien species because i'm pretty sure they never blew it up so it's just just still be there yeah so that's a thing probably yeah probably so alpha flight captures wolverine and we get a little bit of his and you got and you got guardian there but right now go right now using the name um vindicator and then like all i kept doing it was like I can't remember why this is, but that's Guardian. Why are they calling him Vindicator? Isn't yeah, that? Yeah, that was his name. I remember that and being then his Heather name. is fucking Vindicator. And then, like, I looked it up because, again, not the hugest Alpha Flight fan, but I knew those characters as though as Guardian and Vindicator. But Heather, long story short, Guardian used to be Vindicator, then was presumed dead, so she took the name, and then he came back and was Guardian again. <laughs> So it, for a long time, Alpha Flight's like, wild shit is wild. I confuse Guardian with the um with Red Guardian, the Russian Captain America. Man, this is Canada though. I know, it's but Canadian like the costumes Guardian. are the same. You see it quickly on a page. Think of them as Captain Canuck, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they capture him, and we get some flashbacks to Wolverine's past in the Weapon X program when they <laughs> floated him in a tube. In like a bath tank style tube. Hey, that is that's canon. That's, that's canon. canon. Yes, that's what it looked like. Yeah, and like again, remember classic... this is what is this nineteen ninety two or three A? I can't remember. I don't remember around then. 
but you like talking, I'm going to see when, when this was, cause it's kind of important to the overall arch of what I'm talking about. <laughs> so they have him in this tube. They graft the metal to his body and he is now the weapon X that we know Wolverine. He busts out and runs into the woods. And as he runs in the woods, he meets his couple and attacks them. They shoot him with a Trank gun and tie him to a bed. He immediately gets out and tries to attack them again, which was interesting. And then he's like, why did they do this to me? And they hold him all like, kind of like he cried, like, I don't know what's happening to me. And then immediately, like, you should join the Canadian CIA, essentially. Insanity. And they give him the costume. He gives himself the new name of Wolverine. Absolutely. But like we were saying before, immediately hits on the wife. He can't fucking help himself. He's like, now, hey. Is Vindicator an asshole throughout this story? Yes. Vindicator is a gaslighter because all he keeps doing to Wolverine is, you left us. You were our, we were your family. You were our friends. Oh so now God. we have to experiment on you. This is the most possessive, unhealthy team I've ever met. Like, Wolverine, you have to come back. Like, he's not like a lost puppy. He's or not like an alcoholic addict. We, we are going to hurt you. And then they talk about, like, like then they're like, you're our property. You, we own you. Why are, well, like, the military, the, the CIA guy was like that. He was like, well, so he had one statement that made me laugh. So, were they, because, so yeah. was Alpha, what I'm missing is, was Alpha Flight Weapon X? No. So then what? They called him Weapon X because that was his name when he was. No, I know, but like, but but right now, Alpha Flight slash the CIA person is the is trying to recreate the experiment they did on Wolverine. So like, yes, but I think because of Wolverine, not because they did it originally. Okay, okay, yeah. Which I thought that they were okay. So what they were trying to do is make themselves a new indestructible friend. Yeah, because remember, they did not know. That the reason it worked on him was because of his healing factor. Because he literally goes, I'm a mutant. I have a healing factor. You because dimwit. he said they've tried this many times. And they, killed, they killed so many people, Nick. <laughs> they've killed so many people because they didn't know he was a mutant. This is, <laughs> this is on the level of some of the most atrocious government, like, mass murders that... <laughs> That any country has ever had, let alone Canada. Like, not again. They're not in in our real world. They're not exempt from their sh- their share of uh killing millions of people. But damn, Wild that's crazy. Stuff. It's crazy because uh, if I remember correctly, before when they gave Wolverine his costume and everything, it's a group for people with powers. Basically, not they didn't understand mutants at that time. Because Even though, from I understand, Alpha Canada, they didn't get mutants, these mutants right? yet. That was an American problem now. Yeah, but isn't all of Alpha Flight mutants like actually in canon? No, uh, no not all of them. I don't. Not think. all of them. Okay. Well, no. no, I know Sasquatch isn't. I know that one. Yeah, and I'm not. Sh- I don't think Vindicate. Like, I don't think um, Vindicator and Guardian. I don't think they are either. I think Guardian is like a super soldier type thing. Oh, uh, Okay. Um. Also, I just kept laughing because I don't know all of their powers. But I feel like they were playing fast and loose with all of their powers. One hundred percent, because the writers of this show were like, "I don't know all their powers. We just got a note from studios that put Alpha Flight in this shit." Like, wasn't Snowbird that she can turn into Canadian animals, like Canadian wilderness animals? Or something they like had that? to, like, I think they had to be like Arctic animals, if I'm not mistaken. Something yeah. ridiculous. She's like a a more useless Beast Boy. <laughs> like, yeah, they had. Yeah, they had to be Arctic based animals. 
<laughs> they had to be accustomed to the cold, otherwise it was never going to work. Yeah. Could you so imagine the, trying to do a lion? I mean, they would die immediately in that right cold. Right there, yeah. Um, so meantime, I do also want to say while we're talking about Alpha Flight again, especially Puck, but so many of them, just every couple seconds we're like, eh? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Eh? It's like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> it so, was insane. It, while they're torturing Wolverine... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Not... It doesn't compare to the just butchering and pure racism of the language being used in the next episode, but it was still pretty funny that they're like, I don't know, what do Canadians say a a lot? Just fucking. <laughs> so in the meantime, Gene is looking for Xavier, not looking for Wolverine. Um, but Scott thinks he's really mad about Wolverine. <laughs> there's also a part where Gambit's like, "Well, have you found him?" And he's like, "Gambit, shut the fuck up! Just shut up." She is a focus. So she can work. Yeah, like the fucking Scott and Jean and like in the in the comics are toxic, but they are so fucking toxic together in this goddamn cartoon. <laughs> like to the point like they're so like like will snap at anyone because they're so tense with each other. And then like they can't even operate in the field if one of them gets slapped. They're like, oh, I got to go to Jean. Like, you know what? I will say no to that because we will get to it. But Mr. Mole Rat himself, <laughs> the tunneler himself, Cyclops does it again without Gene there. He tunnels his way to victory again like he did. Because he left her episode. behind in safety. If she were in battle and got hurt, he'd have to stop everything. Oh, yeah. yeah so, the... Gene! That's why I've always been more Emma. I'm always more Team Emma. Oh, 100. Dude, I... Zipping, I'm zipping my lips. I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> so we'll get. We'll, uh, cl- close your ears. I gotta say something to the kids at home. We'll on. get there. We'll get there next week, kids. <laughs> um. So while that's happening, Wolverine's getting tortured. The most of the team for uh, Alpha Flight didn't know this was happening. Uh, they they thought they were bringing him back to the team forcefully. They thought they were politely kidnapping him. They're like, "Hey, you told us we were just going to kidnap our friend, so you could tell him he needed to come play with us again." <laughs> not that you're going to tie him up and torture him with the radiation. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, also, I have a, I have a note about when he's tied up on that table, being gaslit by a fucking vindicator, mm-hmm. um, and Helen too. Frankly, while we're I mean Heather, while we're at it, um. When the scene starts, Wolverine has no shirt on. And then they go to a flashback, and when they come back to that scene, he has his shirt on again. I didn't know that. And I'm like, what was the student was somebody like, you can't have male titties out that long in a kid's cartoon. You gotta put a shirt back on. Put it back on. Um before that, they're saying they have to run experiments, and Heather's like, but don't worry, I told them they can't hurt you. I'm gonna Fine. do this. I I'm I volunteered to do this because I knew I could do it gently for you. <laughs> what the fuck what the fuck Wolverine, I love Wolverine you left. so much you guys are weird I'm gonna fucking experiment on you but gently because of my love for you wild stuff and the also time... I'm talking about my love love for you in front of my fucking clearly jealous and enraged husband <laughs> who's getting angrier like every scene just <laughs> ratcheting rising. up ratcheting up. he can't like he can't even last five seconds in a scene before he blows up at by the end and then you have this uh cia leader guy the dad from that 70s show i'm pretty sure um 
just going like i don't care you're my property like even though again doesn't work that way but no. also it's like we're gonna keep torturing him until we figure out what his special thing is even yeah. though he literally told you he has a healing factor yeah why he survives and so this and, and the reason i looked up for this particular episode the reason i looked up why it what year it came out is because it came out in 93 and at this time it wasn't established yet that wolverine had claws before weapon x and so when you see them putting like it's what it's like the claws seem new to him when he's like doing that is because at the time they didn't know it wasn't until they did the origin book and then you saw it, it yeah it wasn't until either that origin book or do you remember um i can't remember which came first but do you remember when um in the i think it was like the late 90s where when his adamantium got taken out of his body yeah and he went back to like bones and shit i think that's when it was and i don't remember if origins came before that or not oh no origins was like early 2000s yeah so i think the other thing happened first so okay but at, either way it was after 1993 <laughs> so the x-men sense his pain during this time and they run to rescue him. And again, that's when we have the rest of Alpha Flight go, hey, what's going on? We didn't know this was going to happen. We thought this was a cool kidnapping, man. And basically Wolverine escapes and he's like, if any of you weird motherfuckers ever come at me again, I'm going to kill you. And mm-hmm. I am 100% on Wolverine's side. Yeah, Wolverine, I would. you would need to. like, <laughs> At least you should be filing some Canadian restraint, restraining orders. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. That's basically how the episode ends. Did I forget anything? I don't I don't think so. Not much happens like in this episode. <laughs> but like you just but like I said a minute ago, but like we get in Wolverine's entire backstory. But like do that episode. Right. <laughs> I don't Lord. need this soft alpha flight introduction. <laughs> Good fucking Lord. So yeah, I uh, gave that one one uh one shirtless Wolverine. I gave it one, one second of one. <laughs> I I gave it one. Oh look, he has a shirt on now. Wolverine. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have episode. I'll tell you in a second. I forgot. I lost it. I oh, it's episode screen. six, entitled "Externally Yours." Um, ladies and gentlemen, I should appreciate that title, but nah. Oh, I do. I love it. Um. And I love it because it's also a reference to the fucking externals. Um, and it's also, I believe, a title that was used in one of the issues that this fucking comic is based on. This, I mean, this episode, this episode is based on the first ever Gambit miniseries that came out. It's it's wildly different, but like the general plot of I hope so. the, the, teeth, the teeth and season is here. And and the, the the thieves guild and the assassins guild have a uh, have they have to give this you know the teeth to to uh, the external who's in the comics Kandra, um, and so a lot of that a lot of that like just overarching plot is from that miniseries that again is happening in 1993. <laughs> so like. The gist of it and made an episode about it. Pretty much. And and then and I think that's why they really wildly vary. And we really see this in the next two episodes. 
Oddly, um, but also I learned from this episode that if you're Cajun, you just skip words. That's what makes you part of that culture. You just skip words instead of saying full words. Some of the that's just the way it is. Dude, I and again, as as a white male, I have no idea what I'm really talking about, but some of these fucking accents, one, were not Cajun Cajun. No. And and two were incredibly racist and <laughs> wild just truly wild um the whole but anyway, episode this is wild this whole episode is wild but i loved it it's perfect um all right so the gist of this episode is gambit gets a call from his brother because it's 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 the season in which the the thieves guild and the assassins guild uh must present their a bounty to the external Who's not named here, but in the comics, it's it's Kandra. I thought um, it was just Storm. What? I thought it was just Storm, so it sounds like Storm. It probably is, honestly. Um, and so, and what, and in return, what Kandra gives to them are um the the I don't think this is addressed in this one in this episode, but the Thieves Guild gets the Elixir of Life, which is a thing that brings people back from the dead. It's their most treasured possession and the assassins guild gets basically power it's where it was why they have all these like crazy souped up outfits you know um, i would have loved to know that because right? when she's talking about and now i'm gonna give you more power at the end of the episode i'm like more of what they're thieves what are yeah. you giving them yeah it's it's wild so um and they all dress like gambit by the way and they all no watch like, us. They all dress like Gambit. Gambit's not unique. He's just dressing like everyone in his group dressed it, like. It's just how his culture dresses, damn it. You know, in the swamps of Louisiana, how you like to wear heavy, heavy clothing. Yeah. In the most in the most humid of conditions. You yeah. want to go to the swamp and wear a big coat? You yep. want a big thing over your head to look a big sock over your head? Yep. I mean, I will say there's never any malaria in the thieves guild they never they're never getting bit by any mosquitoes no. so they got that figured out um and so he gets a call from his brother and his brother's like you have to come home or, uh, oh no he gets a call from somebody from the thieves guild saying you have to come home because the assassins guild has kidnapped your brother and they're holding him for ransom and they're not going to let him go unless you come here and why does he have to go back it, it's not super clear but mainly it's because his ex-wife Belladonna is there and she just wants her husband to come fucking home. You know, like he went out for goddamn groceries one day and he never fucking came back. Um, and so all of this, basically, she kidnaps his brother. She attempts to like rig the the, the team that they're supposed to present to to the uh, the external. They rig that. So it's a fake. All of this, this duplicitousness is so that one gambit will come back and have to be her husband because <laughs> who wouldn't want that charmer as their husband so um, the last two episodes are all about forcing people to come back the, i mean yeah i mean if you like the expression goes if you love something fucking hold it against its will until it shock realizes it. it loves you <laughs> put a um, magic ring on it and shock it until it's fucking stays. shock it into obedience like a dog yeah, what what i'm sorry what are belladonna's powers again belladonna doesn't have powers other than like 
what the assassin's guild have which is like just strength and, and stuff like, like she's just basically she also had this weird magneto thing going on. i don't know what that is and i wish i could tell you <laughs> that's some that's some television show shit that's some shit to give the kids something visual to look at um belladonna's main power is being in peril so that remy has to come back and save her that's her main fucking power <laughs> um and so gambit is out there he's tr- back to louisiana uh rogue is like why would he go home he hates fucking home i didn't even know he had a home also like what <laughs> like she's like one time she's like i didn't even know he had a family and then like they gather the troops and it's gene and and scott and and rogue and wolverine go fly out to the Where is storm is she still in africa um that's a fine question sir i don't know where the fuck she is right now the voice actress is like I'm doing one or the other character. You don't get me for both. You don't. You better pay me if you're gonna give me both. <laughs> Listen, I, we have. You know what? We have a guild too, and I'm not doing. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing extra work. Um, and so they go to hunt for Remy, who's being lured to this trap by Belladonna. Um, and. Remy, they they're afraid Remy's gone off because he doesn't say because he you know, of course he's not going to say anything to him, but he's a loner, um, and so they they think he's just left the X Men, and so they're going pretty much to drag him back home, <laughs> um, and he's going there. That's to an alpha flight move right there. Truly, like what they learned it. Like Wolverine came back to the team is like, <laughs> so here's what I learned on my trip. Uh, sometimes you have to just force force your found family to love you. You know, the same reason you don't have a real family, you have to do to your your found family too. Um, and so they find him thinking he's turning on them. Gambit's there to try to unite the long tradition of fighting between the Thieves Guild and the Assassin's Guild, which was what his marriage to Belladonna was supposed to be in the fucking first place. Um, and so he's really there trying to broker peace only to learn that like Belladonna isn't interested in peace, just fucking pure power and dominance over him and both guilds. Um, and so he is like basically being held captive by her. The X-Men come and start fighting, but at the same time is the, the 10 year period on the dot when the external comes to bestow, when they need to bestow their gifts onto her so that she may bestow gifts upon them in this, whatever relationship you call that um and what is in the box by the way fuck if i know <laughs> okay like i i guess it's an offering but i was like what is it though? i don't remember and if, and if that's what something in the original miniseries i don't have any fucking working memory of that one day we'll cover it because it is an insane fucking miniseries so one is day like we'll do a, a pulp fiction situation like just glows when you open it maybe i don't truly i don't remember all of those details i just remember like the big points and like all the weird relationship shit um which explains a lot um so <laughs> so yeah the x-men save uh save gambit but kandra i'm just gonna keep calling her kandra um feels betrayed by the thieves guild because she doesn't realize that really the the thieves guild because uh she doesn't realize the assassin guild is setting them up and so she's about to punish them for not presenting a real offering to her when jean gray is like 
well, pump the brakes, bitch. I got to show you something. And she psych- psychically shoots into Kandra's mind what just happened, which was finding out that the Assassin's Guild was doing all this shit. Which I'll give him credit is a clever way to solve the situation. Boom, in and out. Yeah. And so Kandra's like, whoa, wait a second now. That is unfair behavior. I don't. I may be a weird witch woman who comes around <laughs> and bestows power on you if you go out and do crazy shit in the world. But I draw the line at lying to me. So <laughs> I draw a line at deception. <laughs> so I'm going to kill one of them. Well, you know what? No, they lie to you, too. You tell me what I should do to this motherfucker. And she's got like Belladonna by the fucking throat, magically speaking. Yeah. Um, and Gambit steps forward as a representative for the Thieves Guild. And he's like, just strip her of her powers, but don't kill her. Because I'm a real gentleman like that. And so she's, Kandra's like, all right, fine. And so she's stripped of her powers and left there weeping over her love for Remy. Fucking Rogue is like, I knew Remy didn't love that swamp witch. And then fucking like kicks dirt in this bitch's face and then walks off with this lady's husband (laughs) as the X-Men just fly off like the heroes, leaving (laughs) a complete fucking mess behind them. (laughs) A complete, just, they are, they're, they are leaving. The Assassin's Guild and the th- and the Thieves Guild together in the middle of the swamp after the Assassin's Guild just tried to annihilate the Thieves Guild. <laughs> and they're leaving an emotionally distraught, now powerless woman on the ground. Who could be killed by either side, really. Who could be killed and probably is killed by both sides in this scenario. <laughs> and, and, and instead, fucking Rogue throws her arm around Remy. And they walk into the sunset like champions. <laughs> five um, X's, five Teeves Gill, five. <laughs> it's Teeves time. It's Teeves time, Remy. We have to go. It's the Teeven time. All of it. All the bad accents. All the insanity. Five of them all. I fucking love it. And I cannot wait to cover the miniseries. This, all it makes me want to do is go read fucking early 90s Gambit shit now. I'm giving this. Don't you dare do it. Two and a half. Two and a half. Don't you. Big wedding rings from Belladonna. Electric wedding rings. Electric boogaloos. <laughs> I thought this was insanity and not in the best way. Uh, like I said, I didn't know what was going on sometimes. Like, legit, they threw so oh, I, much information at your face. And I and I think if it wasn't for the fact that, like, I bet as a kid, I had no, you know I mean? Like, it sure, was yeah. probably jarring as fuck. But like now, no, like kind of vaguely remembering a lot of like old Gambit story. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, like, okay. Let's throw about five brand new concepts at you Jesus right Christ, here, dude. and we got like twenty minutes. And all I want to, and all oh, something happens with in the Savage Land, and I don't remember what it is. Oh, we learn that Magneto made the mutants. In the Savage Land. Yes, I don't know if they mean made or just they're saying that because he led them. I don't know. Okay, what so that... at the end of this episode, it's implied that he led them, but in the yes. next episode, it it they clearly say you made us. They say made us. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so we'll get there. So we'll get there. But that was literally like the ve- like the last two seconds of this episode is Xavier and and fucking Magneto walking through the woods. When I can't remember, when, I can't remember his name. Fucking Goro, the forearm dude, comes out and is like, "Oh, if it isn't our former leader!" Ha, 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 ha. And then yeah. that ends. I'm like, "What?" 
So next episode, five Time X's TV. for that too, frankly. <laughs> um, Time Fugitives Part One. Now this, it, to me, is '90s X Men at its finest. This Just, it, and this is honestly '90s X Men at some of the points where I'm like, maybe I don't like this right now. <laughs> maybe this is too much about pouches. I don't know. Um, so we start off in fantastic fashion you start off with cable fighting in a futuristic war vaguely i think you could see that he was fighting apocalypse in that future yes and then like a time tornado is coming towards him and he's like apocalypse so you see you know he's fighting apocalypse because at that at one point they pull they the camera pans out because fucking production value outstanding here the camera pans out and you see Apocalypse just standing on top of like a fucking building of rubble, just going like, ha, I'm evil. Yeah. And then a fucking like storm starts happening. He's like, huh? A temporal storm. Interesting. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just sense what that is now. Um, it is rewriting history from what uh, the best narrator to have, which is Cable's arm, um, can tell him, hey, time Computer. being changed. And we find out this is because of Bishop. And we see what happened to Bishop from the episode from the first season uh, when he went back in time and changed the Senator Kelly from being killed. So in this timeline, he gets back and Forge is like, man, shit is still bad. He's like, what are you talking about? I saved everyone. And he's like, yeah, but now a disease started. And he's like, there wasn't a disease last time. Like, well, there's a disease now this time. And he's like, well, let me go back and fix that thing, which I guess... Which, that future was Cable's future. Yes. This new one that's been written. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, and his answer to this is, oh, well, if something crazy happened the last time I went back. Let me just do it again. So you, you're, you're just going to have to keep doing this. But on top of that, did they ever bother to answer about Cable from the first season when he saved them um, on Master Mold Island? Absolutely not. Like they're they're treating like that didn't happen. <laughs> I think it's because when that episode happened, there was like not a whole lot of shit about cable yet in the comics. And like because I think that was like 1992. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and then there would have been like a summer break and shit. And like, cause clearly in like these episodes, they start having like these, oh yeah, yeah, these characters are like connected now. Yeah, like now we have a reason to throw him in there and not just he saved them in the forest and disappears again. Mysterious. It's like, no, he has a history. So in the meantime, Cable's like, I got to figure out what's going on. Bishop goes back to the present to see what happened before. And we cut <laughs> we cut to Jubilee and Storm going to the mall because she blew up one of her cassette players, I think. What we do is cut to. 100% my favorite X-Men. Like I think this is why like the 90s were so hit and miss with me cuz they would do this shit in the comics every now and then, but then they would just jump back to this crazy fucking time jumping around, big guns shit that I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't explain also when he went back in time, basically mutants are being blamed for a virus going around. Which is okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. I'm just going to Go for it. Sport. this is the legacy virus okay. but but because it's being published 
right when the legacy virus is just being introduced in the comics too it also looks and acts a lot like the trans mode virus a bunch of half plans great but the trans mode virus doesn't really exist all that much yet in this world so it's like wait what is happening too many things so now we have mutants being blamed the government wants to do something about it they want to make a thing called title 42 or something um that's a different thing sorry so <laughs> another know. insane scene jubilee wants to get her cassette player fixed right she CD goes to the guy player, dude what the yeah. fuck she messed it up with her powers like she always does and then the bad guy uh creed i forgot what first name he used i know he's victor creed's dad or is he Vic- he victor creed no he's victor creed's dad okay so who is a saber tooth if you don't know so he's at the mall, you know, shopping for new armbands and everything. Um, he has an Apple Watch. You yep. know, shopping for pouches, as our audience says. Um, so he no, has an he Apple Watch for, for some reason. Nazi fucking army. I'm with you. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and for some reason, this Apple Watch has a picture of every main X-Men. Oh, because it's like a little mini mutant registry. <laughs> ridiculous and he's like but, oh perfect i can frame a mutant now by getting someone sick while they're here this is perfect the thing is if you look at the layout of this building of this room they're in the cassette fixer guy goes like let me go check in the back so and fix it he goes to the back and then creed walks right behind him opens the door and has like a spray gun yes <clears throat> i'm sorry what no one noticed this man in a suit with a spray gun. So he comes back out. He now has the disease. He's all woozy. And then Creed yells, look, the mutant got him sick. It got him sick. And to this, like, now Jubilee, <clears throat> sorry, now Jubilee is concerned, like, oh, is this real? Like, are we really giving people Dude, disease? This is the woke 1990s, man. Yeah. I mean, you could compare this to like the AIDS scare. That's exactly what the yeah. legacy virus was a metaphor for. Oh, there you go. So they decide it's time. Well, Senator Kelly says he wants to have a hearing about it and he wants to invite Beast because he's all on mutant side now. And Beast is like, yeah, let's go check out what's going on. And of course, they bump into Cable. Oh, not Cable, sorry, uh, Bishop. They kind of want to get ahead of it this time. They want to see what he's doing. They don't want to just react to what he's doing. Hey, look, it's that guy that we know is from the future and he's back. Um, Yeah, let's go check on that shit for real. Let's go see. Let's hope he doesn't escalate situations immediately. Oh, whoop, whoops, too late. <laughs> so in the meantime, when Victor hears or when Creed hears about this, he tells his main scientist, hey, I got an idea. Now we can infect people right in front of the entire world at this hearing it's a perfect idea and there are guys like dude go for it you are a star who is this mystery man he's secretly apocalypse of course he is of course yeah apocalypse loves to pretend to be a a milly weak looking scientist guy he did it in the first season when he was like Oh, I'm just a sick scientist making cures over here. Don't worry about me. I'm Apocalypse. It's me. Um, so now Apocalypse is involved. This is not good. They get to the hearing and immediately Bishop is fighting a bunch of guys outside. He's like, oh, you didn't see. Like, they're going to cause trouble, blah, blah, blah. So then eventually a scuffle happens. 
between Creed and Beast, and then Creed infects himself. And he looks sick now, and everyone seeing Beast caused this to happen. Obviously, major issue. So they decide to follow him when Creed leaves, and they follow him to their headquarters, whatever it is. And this leads to a massive fight with Apocalypse, true. which um doesn't go great. No, they get their asses handed to them real quick. They literally get vaporized. Yeah. It is a... Uh, Apocalypse doesn't really have a hard time with them, which, in contrast, the next episode <laughs> makes bit. me a little confused, but you're going to cover that one. Um, I'm going to try my best, man. I literally <laughs> just watched it, too. Yeah, I watched the I watched these two today. I watched the other two last week, and I recapped them today. Um, but, yeah, he literally vaporizes them when they catch on. And then we cut to the future where cable finds out because they solved this problem it caused a new problem because mutants and i might mess this up so you can correct me because mutants didn't get this virus they over evolved and then wiped themselves out yes so to save billions you must kill millions with this disease pretty much which yes. which isn't what we- happens but which yeah. isn't at all what the solution to the, the problem like no. the solution that cable does in episode two does not i don't think address what he claims is the problem right now it does it's just not well thought out anyway so and when it comes to the savage land stuff was that in this episode or the next one i don't fucking remember i remember i think xavier threw bees at the goro guy yeah to help escape yeah, that that's was what one. happened. It doesn't matter. That's the set. Yeah. It, again, it was. Uh, yeah. And it, they're running away from pterodactyl people. And he like also grabs a rope that's conveniently in a tree and like clotheslines one of them with it. He's very good with his legs. He for is. Men who just, them. He is and fast. Fast yeah. as all hell, man. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I really like this episode because it's just it made it gave me the memories back of like because I love Cable and I love Bishop and I love these timey-wimey fights. Like, this is my kind of X-Men. So all this felt good. You're fighting Apocalypse, and as a kid, you just watch Apocalypse beat the X-Men pretty easily. Yeah. Like, that's pretty epic. And I don't gets- dislike the time travel stuff in X-Men, obviously. I just... Something about, especially, like, the early 90s time travel stuff. Fast and loose. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's what it was. It was just like... Maybe because it was like so much written by Rob Liefeld. Yes, um, never has a plan. He just has plots. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I give this one. Um, <laughs> I, I give it four screaming bishops. Like he's screaming <laughs> at that spinny background like it's Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I give it three. Wow, this is one hundred percent just the Terminator. <laughs> yes, especially when they use Terminator music. And um, the opening scene are they look like those little Terminator robots walking around in the future, and then their little eyes do that like red scan thing that they did in the opening of Terminator 2. <laughs> yes, and I can't remember when it was, but there's a scene they're fighting robots, but the robots are different colored war machine, like the character war yeah, machine. Yeah, I do remember that now too. And then yeah. there's a scene during the hearing where there's a group of people watching it, and the people watching it are Nick Fury. 
I uh, I don't know who the black guy next to him was, and then War Machine. But again, the armor was like a blue and pink instead yeah. of white and, yeah. and black. I remember seeing so, that. So like they probably got quick. away with it like that, but it was 110 percent Nick Fury yeah. watching that. So yeah. 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 Weird. And so there's a cameo for the episode. Yeah. Oh, also speaking of cameo, we did get a cameo in that um Wolverine episode when when uh from Alpha Flight. Huh? Yeah, from exactly. Alpha when Jeannie was looking for Xavier, she also just saw Pietro and Wanda randomly for like one, like half a second. I think I honestly looked away and missed that. <laughs> yeah, it was literally half a second. I was like, that's random. So, yeah. Yeah. Next up, we have Time Fugitive Part 2, Episode 8 of Season 2. Part 2. Okay, so I truly don't. Because so much of this is like the recap same. of what you just did. I don't yeah. really know how to start. Like, so basically all of what you said just happens again. Except with cable. Except now with from cable side, because now cable needs to get there to stop them from stopping <laughs> from stopping them. Like I, I don't I don't he needs yeah. to like stop them from winning. So the X-Men don't look great in these two episodes, only because Cable flat out says he's not trying to kill anyone. Yeah. And then when he fights them, it takes all of them, including Bishop, to beat him. But you see, he's from the he's from a war future. Yeah. He should be better. <laughs> he and he is. And and I think that was just kind of how things were in the nineties. Cable was the best fighter there was. Yeah. So let's uh, see what you can best you can do. All right. So what I recall happening new <laughs> is that Cable runs into the X-Men somewhere along that journey on, on that timeline that you just said. Well, he attacks Bishop first. Okay. And, and he tells him straight up, right? Like, Hey, yeah. in order to save a bajillion people, you need to not do this. And he's like, I don't, I don't care for that. And he, <laughs> and he keeps they going. haven't met yet either. This is the first time they've ever met. Yeah. That's so true. it's like, that's are true. you really telling me you're also a time traveling mutant? <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, that's my gimmick. Get on, get out of here, man. It's gimmick <laughs> infringement. And so they don't like each other and they start fighting. And yeah, like you said, like he doesn't try to kill Bishop because as he tells the computer, Bishop's just trying to save his people the same way I'm trying to save mine. There's like, been oh, enough death. All right, you fucking grizzled old war veteran, you. <laughs> um, And so somewhere along the line, Cable is basically... He he goes to fight the X Men, or he gets he ends up like fighting the X Men and like not doing well this time, right? Like yeah, well no no because um, he like retreats, right? He retreated. So basically, Cable attacked Bishop when they were gonna do the hearing. That's right. Okay. He had first he had like a fake decoy Cable being shot at <laughs> across the building by Jean with her. She had like these shielding abilities that she was doing, I guess. Yeah. And then, like, they basically all started working together, as the X-Men mm-hmm. should do, and they started fighting him back, and he's like, screw this, I need a second. So he tie he tie body slides away. Body slides, yeah. Yeah. So and, and, okay, and that's when he, like, he basically consults his little computer, and he's like, all right, I, give me some fucking intel on these goddamn X-Men. And, and the computer's like, well, there's Scott Summers, and he's like, yeah, yeah I know about him and Gene. The other ones, though. <laughs> And yeah, I, they, I didn't think they were, they were even give you more. I, I thought they should be like, that's it. That's the taste you get of that. I know. I, I was honestly surprised they even did that. Cause like, again, this is like early days of this shit. That's probably I mean? all they knew. 
at that time. I know. But he was because I don't. I don't remember when we discover in the comics that Cable is is yeah is, I have no idea is Nathaniel Summers. Um, anyway, but also he's wearing an X Men symbol on his chest currently, or on his neck piece, and he doesn't know anything about the other X Men. He only but knows see, about his parents. Well, I will tell you this. Okay, so here's here's what I'm thinking with that one is. Of course he knows his parents. We all know our parents. But like this was like he, he's in like the year 3000 something. You know what I mean? Like there have been so many X-Men by that point. Like he's like right. I, like I'm going to remember Beast. It's 2000 years ago. Like I don't... <laughs> Anyway. Um regardless, I thought that was pretty cool. He learns about the X-Men. He learns that Wolverine has a healing factor and he's like God damn it, I have an idea. <laughs> well, the computer's like mathematically, this is the only option where it's like, well, well, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't I'm still, the only option. I'm trying to figure yeah, I'm trying to figure out like so he he basically his plan is, well, I gotta get Wolverine to get this virus so I can get his antibodies so that the mutants can get a cure for this. Yeah, I took this but as wasn't the thing supposed to like kill them i i took this as like he the thing that made all the mutants over mutate over time was because they didn't get sick in the first place so like this will get mutants sick and they immediately Uh, have an antibody i see okay it's like two birds with one stone situation yeah yeah yeah. okay that makes sense that makes sense all right that's one thing that makes sense ish i guess you know what man God bless. Because, like you said, this is essentially the same episode, but with from the perspective of Cable. But at the end, when they're fighting, um, when they're fighting Apocalypse, they just kind of beat him back, and then they tell Apocalypse, "Hey, asshole, we we made the cure because this guy, the guy that's still right here in front of you, that you could stop if you really wanted to. Yeah, he's still right here. Yeah. He's the antidote. So we already beat you. And then he's just like, no, I know. Yeah, I mean, that's win this round. (laughs) That's the general gist of it. Yeah. So like, like, yeah, Cable finds out Wolverine's got this special power. He body slides back to where he left off at that hearing. Kidnaps Wolverine again. A lot of kidnapping in these episodes. Uh, Kidnaps Wolverine. He basically tells him, hey, man, I need you to get sick so that we can get this, that and the other. And Wolverine's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And so he body slides back. They they go, they fight Apocalypse, like you said. They work as a team this time, so that makes a big difference, as we've established. They're all on the same side now. Um, at one point, Jean reaches out and, and yeah. touches Cable's mind. And, and sees what exactly a... did she see? Can you say the three, the few fragments of things she saw? Okay, she saw her face and Scott's face. <laughs> then she saw Terminator. Then she saw uh, Apocalypse, and then I think Cable's own face, and then by so there's one random thing she saw. Okay, it what was else? her face, um, Cyclops's face, and then like DNA or a gene. Oh, okay. She saw that real quick. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And then she's like, he's more important to our future, our future. but never like says flat out like that's her son. Well, she, I mean, it's a plain. Nick, first of all, it's Gene and Scott. They never fucking tell each other anything. 
that is sadly true. They do for for two people who are constantly in each other's head, they never tell each other anything. Yeah. In the comic books, Jean Grey knew fucking Corsair was goddamn Scott's father. Never told him and then died before she ever even did, decided really? to tell him. Yes. You oh, oh wow. you'll learn as we when we get to episode 100 you'll learn all about it. Oh god. Um So yeah, and so that's that's what happens. They they get uh Wolverine infected. They fight Apocalypse pretty easily this time. <laughs> uh Wolverine is like And Cable makes a difference, man. <laughs> yeah, and and Cable on two or three occasions says to Apocalypse, "The name is Cable. Remember it, motherfucker." <laughs> Yeah, he legit wants him to remember him for the next he time wants, when they actually fight. He wants that smoke. He wants cable. He wants he apocalypse does. coming for him in all the timelines now. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if I remember correctly, he will in this show. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember, but I mean, it's apocalypse and cable, dude. Like, I know, vaguely like, remember that was time fights between them later in the show. I uh, well, I mean, it would make sense because again, in this part of the '90s, most X Men stories are. Cable and Apocalypse fighting over the future. So it is kind of crazy that what you're talking about right now, the idea of like they're getting information maybe a few months ahead of time that we figure it out in real life and then base an episode around it. Yep. But still half information. But still half information. Yeah. That's it's, wild. Imagine if they had and I mean, they could do it now, but they're st- they're you know they're I think they're just telling old stories now when they when they come back. But like, imagine if they had like the synergy back then to be like, we could tell the same story. Like we both have the outlines for where the story is going, no knowing the ends and what happens, and they can redo it for the children, and then there'll be like the comic version of it. Like it would be insane. It would be insane. Oh no, if they did like a Krakoa era cartoon right now. That would be insane. Yeah, that would be, be so cool. And they were so close to it. These stories, like the legacy virus. I looked this up. The legacy virus is first introduced in 1993. Insane. Uh, I give this episode three cable body slides. <laughs> three, three body slides. I give this three Scott and Gene are horrible parents. <laughs> fair enough uh guys please tell us what you think uh josh where can they tell us uh you can send us an email at krakoa radio at gmail.com or you can go find me specifically if you want on twitter also at krakoa radio if they wanted to find you specifically how would they do such a thing you can find me at madman 3005 yes there's a lot of comments about common writer and AEW because i like those things well, goddamn. <laughs> well, goddamn. <laughs> but until then, guys, next week we'll be covering mainly X Men, uh, all X Men books X Men Red, yeah. uh, 11, and Immortal X Men 11, and then yeah. two, uh, two issues of the main X Men book 21 and 22. That's right. Buckle and up. then two more episodes, most likely, of, of the animated series. And you know what? Here's a little teaser. Episode oh. nine is called A Rogue's Tale, and oh, nice. episode ten is called Beauty and the Beast. Oh God, gotta love them! I, I wonder who those episodes are about. Yeah, you, you know, 
you're just gonna have to tune in next week everybody to find out pins and needles anyway guys thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time